0: Having agency is defined as the capacity of individuals to act independently and to make their own free choices. Tune in to get an inside look at the inspiring uphill climb of businesswomen from around the world. I'm your host, Cheryl Gillihan, and this is Woman-Owned Agency. Well, Tara, it's so great to have you with me today. I am so excited because we've been friends for a long time and I love what you do at TLC Design. And so please introduce yourself to our audience and also introduce a little bit about your business.
1: Thank you so much, Cheryl. I'm so excited to be here too. And I know. Um, We met several years ago and we've kept in touch and I really admire what your agency does and it sort of has inspired me to some degree as well so I appreciate very much being here. Um, So I, my agency is Design TLC and we specialize in websites for small schools, independent schools and nonprofits, Um, but it hasn't always been that way so um, I started out doing anything and everything that came my way and then a couple of years ago, really decided that I wanted to do work um, that I felt, uh, passionate about and that I really enjoyed the content and the messaging. And, and, you know, as we talked about before we started recording, just, I think you do a better job when you're emotionally invested in the content that you're working with and the cause behind it, as of course, you know, so, um, so I've been really thrilled with that transition that my business has taken. And, um, yeah, I'm a small agency. I have a few contractors who work with me and I live outside of Washington, D.C., uh, and I've had this agency for over ten years, and before that, I had a small business that I sort of ran accidentally after I was a stay at home mom. so um, i have I have uh, not been in a traditional workplace for gosh about twenty five years now. <laughs> so
0: would you consider yourself an entrepreneur? you've had multiple businesses now
1: yeah I think I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit I remember when I was young um, I my parents had a uh, my dad was the primary breadwinner but my mom had several business type things that she did on the side she was a good seamstress so she sewed uh, costumes for Uh, roller skaters like you know fancy costumes and then both my parents were leather workers and so they used to make belts and bracelets back in the 70s and the early 80s where they would stamp the names and we would go to craft fairs with them and they'd set up a little tent and people would come you know it was very hippie kind of like thing um and we'd hang out and watch them so i so i sort of watched that happening when i was a kid and saw that you could take some kind of creative talent and sell it and so I used to do that I used to take there was I lived in a really small town in Connecticut and there was a store called the stock and trade and they had you know everything from a hardware store type stuff to penny candy and I used to make these little things with pom-poms um little put little googly eyes on them and they were totally stupid and they were sticky on the bottom but um bless their hearts they like bought them from me and they would sell them in their stores and so I remember the thrill of also, you know, of having that having somebody appreciate your work enough to purchase it. So that that um, really meant a lot to me. And then I, I, you know, had a cleaning business when I was in high school. And so did a lot of things on my own to make money without working for someone else. Um, So I've always had that sort of in me. Yeah.
0: That is so awesome. I didn't know that about you. And what a fun way to grow up too and having kind of that creative and crafting spirit within your home. Um, so it yeah, seems it like you've already like been creative in different ways for a really long time. What kind of got you into the digital space and what was like the origin of TLC design?
1: So um, I, uh, I always sketched, I was never a fine artist, I considered being an art major in college, but I was a communications um, and fine arts major. And then uh, worked in advertising for a few years. And after my first child was born, I had been doing these little happy face people sketches that I, you know, were sort of like my trademark thing. And I used to give them as gifts. And this was before the internet, before, you know, computers really did the kinds of things that they could do now. So everything was by hand. And when I told my boss I wasn't coming back to work, she said, well, you should start selling these prints that you make and, you know, just within your network of moms that you're meeting as a stay at home mom. So that's what I did. And I started um, doing more and more of these. And then the moms groups would have coffees and I'd come over and take orders and customize these framed pictures and then started putting them on note cards. And as um, I used to take my hand-drawn art to a, a printing shop and they would put them on note cards to match the prints. And then computers started really taking off and I learned how to use Photoshop and and got printers and got paper cutters and then before I knew it I had a stationary business and the way that it worked was I had these happy faces, boys and girl characters and then I customized their bodies to be ballet dancers or firemen or whatever you know all these different characters so it kind of lent itself to this mix and match type of thing so I hired someone to make a website for me. This was way back in like, probably, I don't even know what year it must have been, maybe 1999 or 2000. Um, and so she built a website out of front page, and um, I had to learn how to use it in order to add to it and update it. And so I learned how to use front page. And then some of my clients, some of the women, mostly women who were my clients, because I would meet them through these mom groups um, had businesses of their own, like a speech therapist and a bakery. And so they hired me to make their websites. <clears throat> and then around 2010, I really got sick of doing, because it was mostly Christmas cards was where I you know, really had the bulk of my business. So that meant November and December, I was just super busy and couldn't enjoy my family time. And I had you know, stacks of paper and was, you know, just, and tiny prints then came out. And I was like, I can't compete with tiny prints. They do really cool things. So um, so I decided to stop the printing and the stationery and just start doing digital and web. And um, and then discovered WordPress as part of that process because front page stopped being supported. And so I kind of backed into WordPress a little bit and did that in a bubble, not knowing there was a community of WordPress people or anything. For a few years before I discovered WordCamps, and then kind of just have grown and, and learned since then. Yeah,
0: and the community itself has really grown um, since yeah. then as well, and it's so supportive and inviting. Um, that's actually how I kind of got involved in WordPress as well, in that it was it was the community that really got me there. So I had created two websites, my own personal website and a church website using WordPress. But I had no idea there was a, a community around it, um, and I was just using you know support forums and Googling mm-hmm. <laughs> to see what yeah. I could find. Um, but then I went to a local WordCamp, uh, WordPress meetup, and Carrie Dills was presenting um, because she was going to be speaking at a WordCamp in California, and that was my mm. first time, sort of being involved in the space, and I. Would, you know, seeing a woman at the front of the room was like, this is so awesome, (laughs) you know, because usually when I am in a tech related uh, space, it's, you know, a man at the front of the room and nothing against men, but it's just really refreshing to see a woman at the front of the room and um, showing her expertise and sharing. Um, and, And Carrie, of course, you know, Carrie as well is just the most inviting person. So.
1: Yes, yeah, she was one of the first personalities in WordPress, she used to have a, a live office hours show and I would go on there and there would be chats and I would, and I met people in those chats who would show up every week, Jackie D'Elia and Devinder and you know, there were people who were there all the time and so then you, you meet them and you feel like you know Carrie because she's talking to you and, and, uh, and then when you finally meet her she's just, she is such a kind person and she's so generous with her time and information. So and many others, many others. The first WordCamp I went to was in Baltimore, and it was in 2013. And I didn't really know anything about anything. I didn't even have Twitter. I didn't know any of this stuff. And I showed up and I didn't really know what I was doing. And there was a lunch break. And I sat down at lunch with two people who turned out to be Chris Lemma and Shay Box. And I didn't know who either of them were at the time. I think I may have recognized Chris's name because he had so many blog posts that I probably referred to. Um, and then Shay told me that she had, you know, the most popular food blog. And so we chatted throughout the afternoon and sat together. And um, and they were both just so nice and um, generous in teaching me and sort of holding my hand. And that's when I learned about Genesis theme. And uh, just from there, everything grew. So the community is amazing. And I think... Something that for me, having spent many years outside of the workforce and primarily with women, right, mostly with moms, stay at home moms, my comfort level with women was much greater than with men and I was very intimidated by men and not having been in the workforce so finding a community in WordPress where there are a lot of successful kind women who um to coordinate with has been very easy has made it very easy to grow within this space and certainly there are absolutely amazing and kind and generous men also but i do feel like there's a subset of women uh within the wordpress community that we do have this kind of special bond
0: yeah and that's why i love being part of that that community as well Um, and so we've spoken a little Mm -hmm. bit about wordpress and you know A little bit about your business and you know how have those come together what is your specialty within TLC design could you share that with the audience so we can know a little bit more about
1: the things that you work on and maybe some of the fun projects you've had yeah thanks for asking that so as I said when I started I kind of took anything and everything that came my way and enjoyed that and I really kind of fought against this idea of specializing for a while Uh, until I realized that my favorite clients, my favorite projects all had something in common, and that was that they were related to uh, childhood enrichment in some way, that they were related to, the content was related to parenting and children, and perhaps that's because I spent, you know, a lot of my life um, in recent past as a parent. My kids are now grown, but I was very involved in sort of a parenting community. So to um and also to volunteering in my community as well so finding that spark that i didn't realize was there helped me to kind of make a decision to specialize in in enrichment programs s- small school websites and then also i have done a number of nonprofit projects starting locally with a couple of larger nonprofits in the Arlington Virginia area and now some outside of my community there are some common threads, as you know, when you're working on projects that are that have some similarities to them. So it allows you to really dive into functionality and content of that similar among those projects, and really become very knowledgeable and sort of expert in that type of project. So it's helped me also to grow and and sort of um, specialize and and really specialize my thinking and my skill set and the contractors that I work with. So. Um, that's what we do now is really small schools and and enrichment programs and nonprofits that are in some way related to education. I appreciate that so <clears throat>
0: much because it's been so hard for us to specialize. Um, and I know it's something from a marketing perspective. And I've mentioned this in some of my other talks that, like, you know, they want to know your target audience. They want you to hone in and you understand it so much better and can do such great work, you know, and have deep expertise in something. But our organization is, you know, over 15 years old. And we've worked in a lot of different sectors. And what we've found is that a lot of them intersect as well. And so it's been really hard Mm -hmm. to like Specialized for us. And I think that the thing that we ended up specializing in is more in the process of what we do and not necessarily in the sector of what we do, Um, other than the fact that we do work with all mission aligned organizations, you know, nonprofits and social enterprise benefit corporations and and the like. Um, So, but I appreciate when I can hear like another agency really focusing in on something because it's so valuable one, but it's also easy for me to say, oh, well, we've got this partner that, you know, we weren't able to work with based on timing or budget or whatever it may be, but this might be perfect to send over to Tara and de- design TLC, you know? Um, so it's, it's good to, on that perspective too, because I see us all as collaborators in that work. Um, and it's not just about my agency. It's about lifting up yours too. So. Um, Thanks. Yeah. I just, I I appreciate that and I like envy that a little bit, (laughs) that specialization. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, you have it too, and there is, you know, there's a purpose-driven element that, you know, but you also, so there are, there is a common thread in what you do for sure. And you also, you know, have a a big range of um, developmental specialties that you do as well, right? You do high level development for these organizations that really need something super special and customized, which is also, I think, a specialty.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where I'm saying, like, we probably specialize in the process um, of -hmm. that sort of complex ecosystem and trying to simplify, you know, something that is a complex program that's very unique to a particular organization. Right. Um, And so yeah, there's definitely value in that as well. Um, So it does sound like you have some unique talents though, you know, thinking back to like your illustration and graphic design Mm -hmm. days, does that kind of trickle into the work that you do? Is it, you know, something special that you get to bring to the table uh, when you're designing sites?
1: I think it's a, um, it's an overall mindset and sort of my husband jokes, when I got my first job out of college, I was Uh, looking to work for an advertising agency. And um, I interviewed at lots of different places and I got a job at a big agency in Chicago. And um, the person that interviewed me told me that I had a good marketing sense. Like they just knew that I like had this thing, right. And my husband laughs at that because he thinks that's, you know, not really a thing, but I do think it is. I think you think about, you have, you can have a mentality of, of marketing of what messaging and, and what is unique about a certain organization or business or product that and, and how to think about that and message it so thinking at a high level I think is something that um, that I bring to the table and solving problems you know thinking thinking, three steps ahead of of what the need is, sometimes to the detriment of patience, right? Because I think I know it right away. And oftentimes I do, but but I think, you know, having a good mindset for problem solving is also um, really helpful. And then combining that with creativity and some, you know, and some um, technical skills. So I, I kind of have, I'm like a jack of all trades and I'm, I'm probably that, um, what's that saying about, um, you know, being a, what is it? Um, you can do everything, but nothing really super well. <laughs> um, so I think I do everything well. And I have certainly have found support to help me do it better. Um, and I don't take on really big, large development projects, because I'm not a developer to that degree, right. So I try to um, work with clients who want something that's easy to work with. And that's smart, that really works well. And we're super responsive as well. And you know we're nice to work with. So I think those are the those are the things I bring to the table. It's a lot of pieces, and, um, and having the ability to delegate and have people who work with you that you can rely on to help support you and do things to a high degree is, is also really important.
0: Yeah, and there are some, some lessons there in running an agency, right? Taking on the work that you can do really well mm-hmm. um, and recognizing what you don't do really well, and then having people that, that you can trust um, to to work with you and collaborate with you and execute execute on projects and so yeah are there other lessons along the way I'm sure there are but do you have any that you would sure. like to share
1: well there I mean as for, in terms of running a business yeah I've I've also and this is this is a really uh uh big strength of the WordPress community as well is that so many people that that I've met in the WordPress community are also business owners and so We share um, ideas and lessons with each other about running a business, not just about the the technicalities of, of using plugins and building websites, but also running a business, how to work with clients, project management, all that type of thing. I have a Slack group that I started several years ago with Sarah Dunn called The Business of WordPress. And that's all we do, but we support each other. So things like setting aside money for taxes. I use Profit First. Um, method now so that every month I go in and pay myself and make sure I set aside money to pay the taxes. That's an important lesson that most people who start out as freelancers don't think about. Um, Having goals is something that I also am really, really passionate about. So I follow this uh, process. That's the 12-week year. I don't know if you've heard of that, Uh, but it is it's, it's sort of quarterly planning, basically. It says that if you try to set out goals for your year, what typically happens is that you kind of forget about them because you think you have the whole year, 12 months to get them done. So then it's November and you're looking back to find what you had listed as your goals and you haven't done them. So when you have this, when you use this 12-week year process, it's condensed into three months and you... List out your goals and the tactics that you're the tasks, tactics that you're going to implement to support those goals. And then you score yourself every week on how you did that. So if you have, you know, if your goal is to, uh, you know, to get three new clients in your niche you have to have some tactics to do that. And then you're gonna schedule those out over the three months is what you're gonna do the first three weeks and what you're gonna do the fourth week. And so you score yourself and then it really helps you to keep on top of your mindset of what your goals are. So I'm really passionate about that. And that's something that I've done for the past few years. And I think Carrie Dills maybe is the one who even introduced me to the 12 week year, I wanna say. Um, So uh, those are two really important, helpful things that I do as a business owner. Yeah.
0: Thanks for sharing. Those are valuable lessons. We also do quarterly planning, um, but as our business started to grow, we looked at um, EOS, so the Entrepreneurial Operating yes. System. And they do you know, quarterly rocks is what they call them. And mm-hmm. I think the, the big difference there that I recognized is um, I was setting the quarterly goals not necessarily tied to any kind of yearly objective. And mm. EOS is really focused on like what is your yearly, what is that objective for the year? And make sure that as you break that down into the quarters, that it still serves that sort of yes. master goal that you're aiming for. Yeah. Um, I've always kind of been a quick start in like rapidly grabbing onto things and I have a hard time kind of staying on track mm-hmm. <laughs> and so having these systems in place allow me to say okay well I, I do want to do that but that doesn't necessarily serve the, the larger goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. and I will say my team doesn't know exactly how this particular podcast is going to serve any of our larger goals, but <laughs> I'm still like super excited to do it. Super excited to, you know, visit with you and some of the other women, um, because I just believe that we all need kind of uplifting and people need to recognize all of their options and opportunities for working with women owned agencies. So.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great goal. And I'm sure you could fit the podcast into some of your goals as a, as a step toward that, you know, whether it's personal development or increasing your network or those types of things. So you can always make a fit. I mean, right behind me
0: on the wall here is, you know, one of the SDGs that's gender equality. So it's all about that (laughs) Um, and and recognizing more women in tech. So um, while that wasn't, you know, the specific annual goal that we chose for this year, um, it's definitely one of our, one of our goals and, and an overarching sort of part of our mission. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that's important. And so that's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so, and nice. it's what I love doing. And it sounds like, you know, while you say you kind of learned how to do all these things and ended up, you know, shutting down one part of your business and growing another part of your business. It sounds like you love what you're doing right now.
1: Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. I do. I'm very grateful to be in, to have that ability or that privilege. I'll use that term, right. To, you know, to be doing something that I love because I know that's, that's a, that's not something that everybody can afford to do or has the ability to do at this point in their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not how people used to think about work, right. It was just you go to work and that's what you do. Now we, we very much think a lot about whether we, whether we like what we're doing and whether it's serving us and serving our communities or all those things, so I'm, yeah, well, I'm glad we're at that place.
0: There's a lot of shifts that have happened also. I mean, I think people are, are still changing their minds about what they think about work, you know, with the pandemic that's happened, virtual has become a big thing. The digital space has become more and more important, you know, mm-hmm. having a website that actually serves your organization or business has become so much more important. Um, I think there's a lot of sort of changing in the workspace right now you know people you know starting their own businesses becoming freelancers I think there's such a community and space and opportunity for that now that more people are getting into that and so I think there's just vast opportunities for people right now
1: for sure yeah the gig economy and 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 that trend as well. And I think about working for myself and how long I've done that. And there have been times where I've thought, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to go work for somebody and get a paycheck and come home at night. And then when I really think about it, I think, but then I can't just decide that tomorrow I'm not going to work (laughs) and, you know, or that I'm not going to work until six o'clock at night. And then I'm going to start working. You know, you can, you have so much flexibility when you work for yourself, um, that it really has to offset the, the pressures that you have as working for yourself as well, because then you're always working and there really is, n- there's never nothing to do on your list, you know?
0: Yeah. And that yeah. takes a certain kind of discipline and personality as well to be able mm-hmm. to manage that well. Um, I have yeah. learned a lot in the last, you know, 12 to 15 years about that um, and have had to grow in different areas to gain that discipline. Um, But, you know, part of it is this collaboration with others and and not trying to do everything myself, recognizing what I'm good at and recognizing what I'm not good at. And so um, you've already listed like several women-owned agencies, but, you know, who are some of the ones that you partner with, outsource to, or maybe like would like to, but haven't had the opportunity to yet?
1: Yeah. So I collaborate. Um. In my in the Slack group, the business of WordPress Slack group, as well as you know, just through the WordPress community, with a lot of um, with a lot of women who either are freelancers or have their own agencies, um, and whose work I I really admire. Uh, we mentioned Heather Steele. She's a really great friend of mine, an amazing person. She's super smart and has a great agency. Um, Kathy Bosco, I don't know if you know Kathy, but she's a UX expert. She uh, is a designer by trade and now she's running a UX shop with a couple of other women. Um, so with with, um, with uh, Jackie D'Elia and Monique Doubleman. So they're doing some UX work that's really, really interesting. Um, and then I work with Renee Mirazowicz who has her own agency. She's a great woman as well. Sally Gradle, Sarah Dunn, Um, those are some of my besties in the WordPress space who, um, we just support each other. And there are, there are many, many more I probably couldn't even name them all. Carrie Dills, of course. Um, and then, uh, Lindsay and Lori who run, um, Pathfinder SEO. So yeah, there are so many great women and I'm sure your list could go on and on. Amy Masson, she has Sumi Designs. She's great as well.
0: I know about half those women and the other half I would love to be introduced to. (laughs) I'll connect Um, you with them. Yeah. And so we will have to have them on this podcast and lift up their agencies as well. And so the other thing is that the women who I'm interviewing on this podcast, they're sort of recognizing the things that, you know, maybe they want to partner with other women owned agencies too. And so one of my first interviews, she was saying, if there's a women owned agency that does SEO, let me know, give me a call. So, this is a great opportunity to sort of recognize who those people are and yeah, maybe the make the service connections.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, especially because I do work with a lot of schools. Um, and I, again, not to be uh, gender biased, but I think like, moms have a special connection. Usually they're the ones who are going to the schools and doing the stuff, not always for sure. Um, so, um, I would love to work with some designers, some women designers um, who. Could bring some really out of the box thinking to projects. Um, so, design, I think, is a you know, women are great designers as are men, but I'd love to work with some women who do that.
0: It sounds like I've got a lot of people who could potentially be on this podcast in the future.
1: I love it. (laughs) You do. I know you're not just talking to WordPress people. So there, I mean, you could blow it up even wider than that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've actually talked to some content marketing agencies as well. And so it's not just web agencies either that I'm talking to. I mean, this is all women-owned agencies. So marketing, content generation, SEO, um, they would all be related to that.
1: Well, I'll also mention Aubrey Bursch, who I have a podcast with. We have a podcast called Mindful School Marketing, and she does marketing for independent schools. So all kinds of marketing strategy and research and data analysis and all that. She's a great, a great woman. You should have her on too. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah.
0: So we do work with educators as well and not necessarily at the local school level, but we kind of work with organizations and nonprofits that are focused on education and providing resources to public school systems or just mm-hmm. parents and just general sort of overarching um, education resources. And so it's it's wonderful just to make those connections and hopefully somebody listening to this will recognize some of the skills that you have that might be valuable for them but also some of these other women
1: agencies. Thank you so much for the platform. I love what you're doing and I'm honored. I'm really honored that you, that you thought of me. Thank you so much, Cheryl.
0: Yeah, I love having you on here. And
1: this is so much fun. As I
0: mentioned to you offline, you know, I really just didn't know what kind of topic I wanted to focus on, but I lit up when I thought about, you know, highlighting and supporting uh, the other women-owned agencies that we've partnered with or that I'm friends with or that are doing great things in the world. And you were right up there in, you know, being purpose driven and mission aligned. So I, I value everything that you get to share, and hopefully others uh, gain some value from that too. Thank you so much, Cheryl. I appreciate it. Keep
1: thank doing you what for you're doing.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I love doing it. So is there anything else that you would like to share? I mean, you've shared your
1: podcast is where would they find that? Um, so mindfulschoolmarketing.com is the podcast and it is, um, it does focus on schools, but we do talk about a lot of mindfulness, um, too. We had Sherry Walling on who you know, talked about burnout. So we try to talk about how to be more mindful in your job and we're speaking to administrators. And then my website is designTLC.com and, um, I'm Tara Clays on Twitter and LinkedIn and all those places. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for your time
0: Thank today. Thank you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thanks. You
1: too. Bye-bye. Bye bye